I'm Holiday. I'm Taraday. I'm Independence Day. Oh, a microphony. And a phony at the mic. Get Whoa! Ah. <laughs> and now, on with the opera. Let joy be unconfined. Let there be dancing in the streets, drinking in the saloons, and necking in the parlor. Play, Don. Would you welcome Mr. Warm? Picture it. <laughs> Sicily, 1912. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another fun and exciting episode of Killers, Cults, and Nut Jabs 2.0, where we cover all crime. I am, as always, your host, the great white snark, Scotty J., and seated across from me virtually is the lovely and twisted Monica. Hi. Well, we are recording this on the night of my birthday, January 12th, 2023. I am officially 50 years oh. old. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's funny is uh the other yesterday, um, we've got a, a construction crew in town working on the south side. They hit a water main, so they had to let school out. So my mom had to pick up my nephew Matt, and I'm I'm having a little party um, for family and friends Saturday at one of my favorite pizza places. So my mom was explaining to Matt what's going on. So he's like, she's like, well, we're gonna go have pizza Saturday night. Why? Because it's Uncle Scott's birthday. How old is he? Fifty. He's old. Oh. And I, it, well, I have to make sure that there's a pepperoni pizza because that's Matt's favorite. Oh, well, yeah. And one of my friends is coming who's a vegan, so I'm going to get a cheese pizza. Well, if vegan, that has to be because some vegans don't eat cheese. Too. Like if you're vegan, you know. Well, the place we're going to, um, if there's anyone here in, in say, upper to mid. Illinois, there's a great place here called Monocles. And if you ever come out to Illinois, I, I'm taking you to Monocles for a good pizza. It's it's thin crust. It's oh, cut in squares. It's great. No Chicago deep dish? I I will take you to a place for Chicago deep dish. Okay. But you, yeah, you, I'm just saying because a lot of the vegan, they won't eat like cheese because it can't right, be it, it, So, yeah. So even that, well, Monocles has this deal. It's called the Family Pleaser. Yeah, like a 22 or 24 inch pizza with salad. So there will be salad. Oh. Along. Right. The, the, the family pleaser comes with like a 24, 22, 24 inch pizza, a salad, and a pitcher of pop. Okay. So I'm going to get two family pleasers and a medium pizza and three orders of family breadsticks. Cool. Yeah, the breadsticks, we're getting um, my, um marinara and nacho cheese to go with it mm. and since uh porcupine's gonna be there i know he's gonna be sitting on my lap so we, we were watching him last week and he was climbing on me he he worked over my right knee something good Poor guy. again he just he was crawling on me digging his elbows and knees into me I was feeling it walking up the stairs when he went home. I was like, you know, I love the kid, but Mm -hmm. wait until he gets to a point where he can't walk up a flight of stairs. 
my ghost will be laughing at him. All right. As mentioned last week on last week's show, this week we are talking about my father, the nut job in our title. And it's also to give Monica like a um an like a um a briefing on scary who this movies, like did right. I I kind of think of this as like scary movie one. But not without the jokes, right? Or, well, you're right. I I would say scream, but I, I love scream too much. Yeah, so I'm like, please don't. <laughs> man, I had, speaking of scary movies, man, I had a really weird dream last night. Did you ever see the original 1974 Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Yes. Okay, so you know the you know the grand the 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 old man who was helping Grandpa with the hammer. Yeah. Uh huh. I had a dream that he kidnapped me and my friend Mark last night. What did he Mark was. Do? I think it was. Well, I'm not going to say who I was on a date on because there's people who listen. Amanda? <laughs> right, yeah. I'm surprised. Well, I'll talk about her later, but um part of the story, right? Well, and the funny thing is, is I forget what Mark and I were doing in the dream, but we were we were driving a van and both tires were flat, so he said he would help us fix the tires, but he was gonna kill us because you know he is part of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre family. Mm-hmm. Until my buddy Mark got up in his face and told him we were leaving and he could he could go screw himself. <laughs> Which is something Mark would have said. Yeah. Like, so I I was I woke up that that dream happened right before the alarm went off to go to work. I'm like, what strange dreams. Anyway. We are talking about my father tonight. So my father, I had to dig out the, I had to dig out the family tree so I could get his birth date because I I can never remember his birth date. He was born on June sixth, and not June sixth, June fifteenth, nineteen fifty. Yeah, you're all starting like young with all the kids all of you well my father was the fourth of eight kids mm-hmm. my my grand my grandfather my grandpa Smokey I never knew him because he let me look back and see when grandpa died because I know it was either 68 or 69 mm-hmm. all right he died on um really October 14th, 1968. So about the only one, the only one of us grandkids who really kind of can remember grandpa is my cousin, Monica. I never knew him. Um, I I wish I got to know my grandpa, but you know, it just wasn't to be. Um. Oh, interesting. What? Hey, 
Well, I was I was looking at my grandparents' marriage date, and they were married on June 6, 1943, or June 12th. God, June 12th, and my Uncle Pat was born on December 20th, 1943. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because uh, my, my, um, my aunt has a colorized version of my grandparents' wedding picture. Uh-huh. And, and my grandma was in a blue dress. Uh, so. Yeah. Now, the the thing is, is my grandparents had two boys. All the others were girls. And out of out of the eight kids, six made it to adulthood. Thanks. Um, my aunt Diane had a twin named Donna. And Donna was killed in a, a car wreck. And I'm trying to find it here. So now I want to say 53, 54. So young then. Really. Yeah, she was. She she was um yeah. That Aunt Donna was like, I, I've seen pictures of her. She had leg braces on, so there was something wrong with her. Um, I don't think it was polio because she would have been wheel wheelchair bound, especially in '54. I don't think Jonas Sock had the uh, vaccine out yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, she, from what I understand about this car wreck, uh, they were in Indiana visiting family, coming home at night. Grandpa lost control of the car on a curve. The car rolled, and Donna was the only one thrown from the car. Because mm-hmm. no. nobody wore seatbelts then. Either. Oh, God. Well, we're seatbelts back in 54. Yeah. Here, let me stretch yeah. out my arm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, see, and I don't know what injuries everyone else suffered from the car wreck. I don't. My father never talked about it. Grandma. Yeah, you had to pull her teeth while she wore dentures. So, like literally, had. Yeah, she did. She well, she had like literally had to pull her. Teeth. Right, had had to pull the whole denture out to get her to talk. Um, yeah. You know, my uncle. Well, I found out later. My uncle had another car wreck when he was older. I guess my uncle had joined the army. And him and his buddies decided to go out and tie one on before he left for boot camp. And they got in a car wreck and he was in a body cast from like the middle of his chest down. Uh So there went his chances to go into the army. Uh So, but the director killed my aunt. I don't know really what everyone else all i know is from what my aunt diana told me grandma kind of disappeared for a while Mm -hmm. six months and and my cousins and i have talked about it what we can figure is she lost a child Mm -hmm. that's gonna play heavily on her yeah so she probably went and stayed with some relatives in indiana just to kind of mourn and try to deal with it my cousin adrian and i talked about it one day and we 
tossed around the idea that maybe Grandpa put her into an asylum for a few months. It could, I mean, it could have happened. I don't know. But, um, and then I had another aunt, an Aunt Mary, who, uh, she was stillborn. Yeah. So that probably also played into grandma's psyche and everything. But so out of eight kids, they had four boys or two boys, my uncle Pat and my father. Now, um, I still live not far from the farm that my dad grew up on here in St. Anne. Mm-hmm. I drive past it. It's still the only thing standing from when my, my family owned it is the barn. Mm-hmm. The barn is the, the barn in a chicken coop. My aunt Donna said are the only original structure still there. The house is long gone. It's been remodeled and rebuilt into something different, but the barn and the chicken coop are the only, <laughs> the only things and the the barn looks like a good wind will knock it over. Yeah. Or as my son would say, Dad, did you fart in the barn and knock it down? Well, he said that when we were um when we took the Ohio trip and we, we were Amanda Amanda and her damn map quest shit. But we were going through some of those um like little small towns down in southern Ohio and you see these old classic wooden barns that look like they're on their last good leg. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, they're all over. Right. I mean, I love the Baldwin book barn, but that's besides the point. Anyway, you know, you know the barns I'm talking about, the ones that look like a, a, a good wind could knock them over. Mm-hmm. That's this barn. Now, my one of I had two aunts that died in an auto wreck, Margie and Linda. And I don't know which one. I can't remember right now, but one of them was carrying my dad and dropped him on his head when he was a baby. Well, as I know from studying, you know, taking an intro to psychology course, you know, brain trauma can show up later in life. So I don't know if this fall triggered something in him. It depends on how far he was. Uh, right. All the other. Well, let's see. He was born in 50. Um, Aunt Marjorie was born in 45. And Aunt Linda was born in 48. Oh, shit, they were having their own little um, Duggar party going there. Still think you have to hit, like, what, 19 for that, so. Yeah, well, the, the way that, um, let's see, um, now you got me wanting to check birth dates here. Dad was 50. Um, Dad was in 50. Diana and Diana and her twin were the the very next year, 51. So that meant when grandma was able to. um, Well, even I remember they said wait a year and a half. For like, like, you know, I guess trying. Well, right. But I mean, this was, you know. I guess, yeah, like different 
Okay, Dad was born in June. The twins were born in September, so they didn't wait long. Yeah. And then um, my Aunt Mary was born in 56. So it's a, well, because they lost Donna in 51, so they took some time. Mary was born in 56 and died in, died on the same day, so she was still born. Now, the yeah, the accident was in 55, so Donna was only four. And then my Aunt Donna came... Yeah, they didn't wait long either. Aunt Mary died in May of 56. My Aunt Donna was born in November of 57. Oh, yeah. My grandparents didn't wait for shit. I'm a big Irish family, man. Pump them out as fast as you can, you know? Yeah. I'm surprised Grandma didn't come a broodmare for the state. But but from see, I don't know much about my my father's childhood because the stories he told me are heavily distorted. But I remember my aunt Diane telling me that um, okay, they would you know they had chores to do on the farm and um, you know, dad would always get her to do his chores. Well, grandma would find out and beat the both of them. Of course, if you listen to my father, my him and my aunts Marjorie and Linda were regular punching bags for my grandma. Oh. I don't here here's where I have the distinction. I don't believe it because for one, three of them are dead and they can't answer me unless I have a Ouija board. Guess we're gonna begin the Ouija board now. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> So I I don't think that, you know, my grandma beat them every day. Mm-hmm. And, and my father has a very distorted view of life. Now, now two stories from this era that really stick out are um, my uncle was in 4-H. Are you familiar with 4-H? Yeah, yeah. Sit- There's one, um- City girl. Well, I mean, like I get like her about, but now this county that we're in now, they have one. Okay, so so you're you're familiar with the city girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Suburb city kind of, you know. So, so in one case, um, my uncle's raising lambs for for something, and. Him and my uncle and my grandpa were loading the lambs onto the truck. I don't know for what. Well, one got away. Uh-huh. And I, I read this years later. It, years later, my father said, and recounting the parable of the lost lamb, I chased after him. <laughs> but my father told me that if anything happened to that lamb, I would pay for it. And I I captured the little lamb, and I brought it back to the truck while it died, and my father beat me for it. I asked my grandmother about that when when she was alive, and she's like, "That never happened." Yeah, because like, why would a 
Right. Died, you know. And then another one was um, he had a pet duck on the farm, and he called it Yak. It's like I called it Yaki Doodle, and it would follow me around everywhere I went on the farm. Well, one year for Easter, my father decided that we were going to have my pet duck for Easter dinner. Yeah, uh, that seems sounds a little. And yeah. he he saw me crying, and my father gave me a quarter for to dry up my tears because my pet was going to be eaten. And I ran out into the field, and I tossed the quarter away, and I vowed to the Lord that I would never become like my father. Okay. Mm-hmm. Asked my grandmother about this one, and she's like, "That duck." No, there was a duck, but the duck chased everybody and bit everybody. So it was a little... <laughs> <laughs> so it was just asking to be dinner anyway. <laughs> Pretty much, right. Uh-huh. You know, that's why they tell, you know, you live on a farm, you don't you don't start naming the critters because, you know, you might have to eat one. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, was it true, though? Yeah, it, it was true that he uh, had a duck. He became dinner. And he did become Easter dinner. Yeah. Uh, but my, my grandma was just, she looked at me, she was like, what? I'm like, this is what he wrote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, that duck chased everybody. Mm-hmm. He started biting at everyone's feet. Mm-hmm. Your great, your grandfather just did the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, he's chocolate up for grandpa. Mm-hmm. Um, but my grandma told me that he he tried. My my father took like trumpet lessons, but he was afraid of the band teacher, so he never really learned to play the trumpet. Mm-hmm. So he faked it in parades. Oh. It's like how not? So yeah. you just put you just put your lips up to it and start you know. Yeah, it's like until uh... what the fuck. So, um, my father, you know, 69, he joined the military. Vietnam was going on. Um, my grandpa died in 69, so 68, one of the two. Anyway, my father had orders to go to Nam, but because his father died and, and my uncle was married, he can... In the military, you can get a thing called a hardship discharge. You shouldn't, you know. He convinced three people to sign the paper to say, oh, well, my mom needs me because, you know, my my older brother's married and he can't take care of her. So he got three people to sign off on a hardship discharge and he came home. I'm like, you I, I I was at a loss for words. So here we roll around. We we come into like early you know, early mid nineteen seventy two. Now my grandmother's house in Saint Anne's still standing. I I want this. Well, I don't know if I want the house, but if I ever win enough money, I want to get the floor plans for the house and have a, a duplicate built. It, it will, if you ever come to town, I will show you the house, at least the outside. Well, 
right next door to my grandmother. My grandmother's house sat between the American Legion building and the bowling alley. Oh, man, when I was a kid and I would sleep on, spend the night at my grandmother's house in the summer. And, um, you know, I would sleep on the on the front porch. Um, she would open up the windows and a great breeze coming in on the front porch. And I'm sleeping on a hammock and I could hear. Out of the north windows, I could hear the bar at the bowling alley because they had their door open. Mm-hmm. So I, I could hear everyone at the bowling alley, you know, striking, you know, getting strikes and the bar hopping. And then on the south end, I could hear the Legion because they had their doors open. So I, I'd hear the music downstairs and the old ladies upstairs playing bingo. And I, I, I got good. I could pick out certain people I knew. I, I could hear their voices and bingo, whether they won or lost. Well, you know, you're laying there nine, ten o'clock at night, and you're hearing old women cuss up there, and some great music playing. And it, oh, good times, good times. Well, the way my mom told us, she she was sixteen, and my dad was twenty two. My mom was at the at the bowling alley with my uncle Vaughn. And I, I think she said he was he was running one of the counters there. He was either doing the shoes or something. And one of the guys, because this is a small town, we all know everybody here. Um, one of the guys asked my uncle if he could take my mom out on a date. Or no, they asked my mom, she said, you gotta ask Vaughn. So chick kidding around, they're like, hey, Vaughn, can I take your sister out? He's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Well, in like a, you know, hour or so later, my father asked. And she's like, well, you got to ask Vaughn. And he said, yeah. So he, my father took my mother out. And to this day, I don't know what movie was playing at the drive-in. I don't want to know what movie was playing at the drive-in. Because it might be a movie that I actually enjoy. That's why I don't want to know. So they went on a date and nine months later, I came along. Oh, yeah. Well, if and, and I saw pictures eight years later, yeah, right No. Well, I I have the picture somewhere of my my baptism, and it's the only pictures I had with my mom's grandmother, my great grandma. So she died after I was born. But my both of my grandmothers do not look happy in the picture. My mom doesn't look happy in the picture. <laughs> the only one with a smile is my dad. <laughs> and I'm I'm probably a few months old, so I don't have a smile on my face. Uh-huh. But they they had problems, and and I've often said this: uh, they, they're two people who should not have been parents together. Mm-hmm. Um, my father was abusive towards my mother. 
he if you ever come to St. Anne, I'll show you the building where there was a restaurant that my my grandma Eldora ran. And my mom and my uncles worked there. So, you know, we there was a generation in this town that I older generation that I knew they knew me because I had the run of this restaurant and they all watched me. I I had granted some of them might have been hammered, but I had some of the best babysitters in St. Anne. I guess obviously you never got like, you know, um, grill burned or anything too. No, no. Actually you weren't. So it actually is like true. You know, I mean, I could, I could sit out there at the counter and, you know, guys who guys from the town crew would come in for lunch and they knew my mom and my grandma work in the kitchen. So if I was out front, I had 20 sets of eyes on me. Yeah. Um, in the back room, there was, a, I can remember a pool table and a pinball machine. If I was running around back there in my walker, there were sets of eyes on me. So I was watched. Yeah. Um, so apparently one night mom and dad got an argument and and dad just beat the, beat the shit out of her. So this was back in the seventies where they, um, to really make the bruises stand out, the police put you up against an orange wall. Wow. They took their pictures. I thought everything was orange back in the seventies too. Yeah. Right. When that fluorescent and all that, all like ugly yeah, fluorescent day glow orange. That's why, I say, that's why it always took eight years for me to show up because I was like, I wanted no part of the seventies. <laughs> that that day glow orange kind of haunts you in your sleep. Yeah. Well, um, when the police went to you know talk to my dad about the 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 um, the beating the bruises and everything he actually had the nerve to say well I didn't do it maybe she paid some guys to do it yeah okay well because you know mom worked at the restaurant and all these guys knew mom and they saw the bruises and they know who put the bruises on her Mm -hmm. they paid my dad a visit and repaid his kindness, so to speak. Yeah. So when they were in court, and I guess they were in court for their divorce, he's all beat up. And, you know, mom said, I don't, you know, so I had nothing to do with it. Maybe he hired some guys to do it to him. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, my. This is going to tie into what happened today, but my my father had a pretty good habit of popping in and out of my life when it suited him. Mm-hmm. And he lived here in, in Bradley one time and he was living in his apartments. Well, he was, I was supposed to be home like 6 PM on a Sunday night. I'm not home. Okay. So mom's waiting. Mm-hmm. No sign of me. Monday morning shows up. I'm at the apartment. I'm sitting on I'm sitting in my pajamas, eating a bowl of cereal, watching Bozo the Clown. Hey, Chicago had the best Bozo. Yeah. 
So there's a knock at the door. So my dad comes out of the bedroom in his underwear. He opens the door now. And I, I can remember this clearly. I look at the door and there's my mom. And she goes, is Scott? Yeah, yeah. I go, mom, I come running to her. She goes, is Scotty here? As I come running, he pushes me back and goes, no, he's not here. Next thing I know, there's a wave of blue coming in through the door. Mm-hmm. I'm picked up and passed. I, I was passed like a football that day. Somehow I ended up in the arms of the only female Bradley police officer there was at the time. Mm-hmm. My Uncle Vaughn was there with my mom because she had gone, I guess she'd gone to, gone to him. He was at the restaurant and or something. Anyway, mom told him that, you know, my father didn't bring me home. So my uncle grabbed his bat. He was going to do some batting practice. Well, they brought the police along, too, because I'm I'm pretty sure my uncle would have hit a home run if he had gotten a hold of them. Yeah. But, you know, the, the police take him take him in one direction. The police hand me back to mom and my uncle. We go in another direction. And my uncle looked at me and goes, you want to get some pancakes? Yeah. Sure. So there was a restaurant here called Sambo's. Um pretty racist name because it was based off of a racist uh-huh. story had the best pancakes and I think my uncle just wanted some pancakes so he came along yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> um, I know at one point my dad took me to Arizona he had to get permission and everything but he went to Arizona I went with him um about the next major thing that I can remember was like my my cousin my cousin Mary tells a story of apparently we went up when I was in kindergarten or something and my my dad had this crazy ass cowboy phase so he took one of those um wood panel station wagons from the 1970s I remember well from the 80s and we didn't we never had one but but you remember seeing them yes I remember yeah mm-hmm. well he took black spray paint spray painted the side windows because this was his covered wagon he was a cowboy mm-hmm. well apparently we were up in Wisconsin visiting my uncle and my cousins and my father loved to smoke weed and he he took me and my cousin into town because he had to get something. And apparently my aunt said when we came back, we were pretty um, stoned. <laughs> we were just kind of sitting there all wide-eyed and not saying anything. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I can remember first grade. I remember um, it was going on Easter break. Um, my grandma wanted wanted to take me to Wisconsin. Go up to West, go up to Wisconsin for the week. See my uncle, see my cousins, have some fun. Well, the weekend before, my dad missed. No surprise. So he comes to the house and he's like, "Well, I want to, you know, I want to see you Easter weekend." I said, "Well, you can't because Grandma's taking me to Wisconsin to see Uncle Pat." 
said, okay. So that I was all set to go that Friday after school. And from here to my uncle's place is like a four or five hour trip. So we, if we left at three, we'd get up there about seven, eight o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. It's about eight, nine in the morning. All of a sudden, my mom's at school. Oh, well, I'm trying to I'm trying to think. Wait, do I have a doctor's appointment? And I I can't think of anything. So my mom got me out of school, and we went to went to one of the hospitals here in town. We go into the emergency waiting room, and there's all of my family there. My aunt Donna's there. My great aunts. Everyone's there. And yeah, it was then that I learned that my dad attacked my grandmother. Oh, oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, he, she had to have reconstructive surgery done on part of her, part of her face because they had to pull her eye socket back up into place. Oh. I just see this, we, you, when you went to my grandmother's house, she went in the back door and it was like three little steps going up in the kitchen. Well, going down into the basement was all concrete steps. So, because my grandma was taking me when he wanted to take me, he showed up at her place to to ask for, like, a hammer or a chisel or something. And as she turned to get him what he wanted, he punched her, knocked her down the steps, and just continued to beat her down in the basement. Yeah. I, I, to this day, I don't know who called the ambulance to take her in. But mom got me because I would have been the next target he would have came and picked up. Yeah. So, grandma's in the hospital. My mom was working for the Elks Country Clubs, so I went out there, sat in the kitchen with her. And she goes, you want a glass of pop? I said, yeah. She goes out one door. One of her coworkers comes in the next door. You want a glass of pop? Yeah. He walks out another <laughs> door. <laughs> So it, it was probably about a few months before I could see my grandma, but then dad get dad got arrested for it. So I didn't see him maybe half a year. I didn't see him again until I got into second grade. And that the, the, the previous summer, he was supposed to have two weeks with me. Well, mom, we were all going camping with my grandparents and mom came and got me because Oh, if this idiot knows that I'm not in town, he might try something. Mm-hmm. So she picked me up during his time. His excuse has always been he wanted his two weeks, so he decided to kidnap me to North and South Carolina on my Easter break. And that's when we were, that's where we spent two wonderful weeks with Jim and Tammy Faye Baker at the PTL Club. Yeah. Which I said, like, my memories of, you know, the Heritage USA are just, you know, slightly yeah. different because we went around Christmas time. Okay. Whenever, like, the, the downfall but, was. Cause oh, was no, we were there during the rise. Yeah, so it was like, yeah, that's funny. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you know, funny. Just, you know that you were there during the rise, and I was there like right before the. Yeah, oh, you were there before the Jessica Hahn. 
right yeah um right before jessica Hahn. yeah i guess because i remember walking in the um yeah i guess it would have been 89 which sounds about right yeah i was there about um, 82 yeah but i was there because my dad was working in a hospital okay okay yeah you know, in charlotte yeah so went down with my mom and my mom's parents because they were basically yeah my dad's parents too because right so much nicer and everything but anyway yeah so we were all they came down for the christmas stuff they had okay. the christmas lights out they could drive through there um did he have the hotel up by then oh yeah no i mean this is like right before they all start yeah so they had the hotel, okay which i was just about to get to but yeah. well i was wondering if if the hotel was up yet when you were there, yeah, everything was everything was up. Because when I was I at was going to be up, but when I was at Heritage USA, it was still a campground. Yeah, no, this was hotel and everything. Yeah, there was no water slide, no. Yeah, this had this was everything because we were walking in like the shops area. The okay, shop, which I I got um a little collapsible like camping cup. Oh, nice. They had and had her. I had it for like years. So, and had her to USA stamped on it. But I use that for when we like go trips and stuff. Right. And, yeah. Again, anyway, um, I remember like walking around. And I thought we were outside because they had the ceiling painted. It was so bright. I'm like, are we outside? And I was like, like, no. And then I asked my mom, I was like, can we stay here sometime? And that's when she told me that no, we could because you had to have a membership, right? <laughs> Which uh, was a whole <laughs> downfall of that since he was like, oh yeah, he was he was he was bilking those. Yeah, he was like triple booking the place and all. But yeah, I thought it was just yeah, like literally, it was about two weeks later that everything came out. Yeah, so I, rem- I physically remember saying like, this would be like the funnest place to stay. Well, when I was there. Uh, Heritage USA was a campground. Everything had that like log cabin look. Yeah, yeah, this was. Um, everything was yeah. When you came in, like like the check in place was like this big, huge Alpine Lodge, uh-huh. and there was like a shuttle service that would take you to all the different parts of the the yeah. park. Um, there was cool. there was yeah. a big there was a barn there where. Jim Baker would actually preach on Sundays. Yeah, because we still have all the pictures too, which is kind of neat. I don't know; they're probably like, I think I can't remember if they're in storage or I think they they might be here now. But but yeah, I've got signs with like in lights saying Heritage USA and everything. Right. And I also I got a book again. I have to say thrift, from Thrift Books, um, about PTL too. Yes, uh, I was just going to bring that up. You know that, um, well, you were the one who uh, pointed it out to me, that that um, movie, The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Oh, uh, yeah, uh-huh. I saw on the plane, yeah. I, I watched it, uh-huh. and the recreation they did for the studio, uh-huh. it was flash, it was like non-flashbacks for me. Oh, God. Because... 
dad would go they, they had heritage usa which was outside of charlotte but inside charlotte is where they had the studios mm-hmm. and dad would go every day because you got free tickets to watch the broadcast yeah mm-hmm. which they, was they, have, they probably brought you in shuttles too i would imagine right from the campground to the they studio. did you could get it you know you could take a a, a shuttle it was a it was a Luxury liner bus. Yeah, I mean they had some sort of transportation. Right. Yeah. Um, you could go. You know, you could take the bus every morning. I, I God, I want to say they they broadcast at like nine ten in the morning. Mm-hmm. But then they would like replay the previous day's broadcast while you were waiting. Mm-hmm. Or they would also play it out there at Heritage USA because, you know. The, the faithful came like right it, it was a weird version of Jonestown yeah. um but you got free tickets to watch it was my first time in a TV studio and I was more impressed with, like looking at the monitors and looking at the cameras and everything oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I'm makes sense too well my dad had to eventually go up into up into the soundproof booth because um my brother jeremy kept trying to compete with the noise level oh so you know if you went back into the previous day's broadcast you know they do the the camera shot across the uh audience you can see my father's cowboy hat then at different times you could hear my brother just blabbing away (laughs) but that, that those two weeks we were out there we slept in his car and every morning for breakfast, it was powdered donuts and Sunny D. Yeah, we stayed at the guest quarters there. And um, first time I ever had grits was there. So our breakfasts were, were a lot nicer because I'll have to ask my mom. But I don't, like, I, if I was included in you know, staying there, the, the, the breakfast there. So. Right. Well, we... That's some of my favorite like, memories of the 80s was down in Charlotte, actually. Yeah, we we slept in Dad's car. Yeah, and because he wouldn't pay for this, or you we no at at that point. At that point, Heritage USA was um a campground. There was no hotels there. Yeah, that's when you couldn't pay the. (coughs) Excuse me. No, he didn't have a tent, so we we couldn't camp there. Oh, so you had to have your own tents too. Yeah. Okay. So what he would. Um, we did stay. Yeah, we did stay in the hotel the first two nights down there. We, uh, I, I can't even remember. But what we would do is at night he would drive the car to the hotel. We'd park in the parking lot and sleep in the car to make it look like we were staying at the hotel. Uh-huh. And like I said, every morning for breakfast it was we. You know, Dad bought the stuff. It was powdered eggs and Sunny D. Uh huh. For lunch, it was like lunch meat, ham sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, because of that, to this day, I can't eat powdered donuts too much uh-huh. or lunch meat ham. Well, it's like me with um, apple cider. Right. Donuts, because when, you know, my dad was dying, that's what everybody was bringing in apple cider donuts i had never even like really heard of them before then so it's like, like that was literally my only memory and apple we, cider donuts 
Um, yeah. I feel oh. you on that one. And then we would go to go to. There was this Hardee's there that was like attached to a truck stop. They had like a a, a play place out outside playground. Mm-hmm. So he would take us there just so my brother and I would have a place to run around and play. Mm-hmm. He he. When we started to come back, he tried to hitchhike with us across country. Yeah, it was a different time. <laughs> like, well, well, and he thought right now, he, that would be like, "There's no way you could do that now." Be on the well, he couldn't even do it back then because my brother was like less than three years old. Uh-huh. It was like three, maybe. When they like getting picked up by a co- you know cop or something driving by too. Right, and I guess he figured you know a father with two boys would be would be easier. Mm-hmm. But then he eventually we went back and got the car and. I can remember driving back and he'd stop in like different towns and he'd stop at a Catholic church because um, the priests would have, there was like a petty cash fund in case the traveler needed help. Oh, yeah. So he would, you know, um, can you help me out, Father? I'm I'm traveling with my two young sons. We're heading back home, and uh, I just need I need like twenty thirty bucks for gas, and just some you know some story like that. Mm-hmm. Well, the minute I got back into town, because he lived here in Saint Anne at the time, I started walking home, and our wonderful chief of police saw me and didn't even do anything. Some things just haven't changed either. Well. You know, I could, I came walking in the front door, you know, mom, dad, and everyone was, mm-hmm. what, what that, you know, it was like, a, you know. By yourself, too. Right? Yeah, by myself, yeah. you know, just walked in. Hey. <laughs> so that began like a, a two-year adoption battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah, I mean, I missed school, but they knew why, and I was doing my homework, and when I finally got down to the actual testimony stuff, there were days I would go to court with my with my parents, and I had a representative in court for me. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. but I because I couldn't hear the testimony because it because my father didn't realize this until years later. The entire adoption case was my decision. Yeah, he. I had to sit outside of the courtroom. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you know, I'm sitting on the bench and I'm watching judges and lawyers and prisoners walk past me all day. And, you know, sometimes I'd get up and see who was on the stand. Well, his own mother testified against her, her son. Mm-hmm. So when she took the stand, she couldn't, te- she wouldn't testify with him in the room. So smart. Well, right. Well, the judge, um, the judge instructed a bailiff to escort him out. Well, he wanted my father wanted to see me, and I didn't want to see him. Uh-huh. Yeah. So they they gave us like a jury deliberation room to to go into, uh-huh. and um, we, we didn't have a bailiff. We had a state police officer there with you no know, county. We had a county officer with us. And I kind of, well, we went in the room 
my, my father went one direction. I kind of stayed near the cop because, yeah. you know, he's a police officer. He's going to protect me. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I guess the cop could sense that I didn't want to be there. So he, he just, he kind of let me know by keeping his hand near his holster. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, that if uh, anything was to happen, he's going to, he's going to pull. Uh-huh. I still stayed near the cop. I didn't want anything to, didn't want anything to do with him. So when it came time for me to testify, um, it was me, the judge, and the stenographer in the judge's chambers. Uh-huh. And, you know, I, I had been prepped by mom and my mom's lawyer, you know, tell the, and tell the truth, you know, I sang like a canary in that room. <laughs> I mean, he, he was asking me everything like, you know, he was asking me about the, the the kidnapping and everything, and I told him everything. And you know, I, I eventually chose to stay here in St. Anne with everybody. I didn't see him for about three years after that. Yeah, didn't see him again until I was in sixth grade when mom and dad started having problems, and mom left. He had shown up those right before all that shit went down. So I, I can remember I was walking home from school and this car pulls up next to me and it looked like a car that one of my friend's brothers had. Oh. So I thought it was him. So I turned away and there he is in the driver's seat. I ran faster than the car to get uh-huh. home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I come in the door. Mom's like, what's wrong? And I told her what I saw. Yeah. She called the police. And the cops came over, and I was so white, I was glowing in the dark. Mm-hmm. But that's how scared I was. Um, let's see, sixth grade. He he stayed around for quite a few years, but I, it, it was always my dad's. Always had believed that he he's the Lord's messenger on earth. Him and seven six other people were going to heaven. One of them, one of them is a lady that he has stalked for years. Yes. Just he, and and this poor woman, all she has to do is hear his name, and she's she gets white. She wants to run, hide. Which um, I remember one time, my brother was uh, dumbass brother Jeremy. He had to take night school classes because he was fail, failing a couple courses. So we're in this car, and, and my father is a big Bob Seger fan. I can't listen to Seger today because he he played him so much. Yeah, I mean, once in a while I can listen to Seger, but that's it. You know, if I don't hear Seger again until I die, I'm good. Yeah. So he's he's playing the song, and he's like, "Well, this is a song that's going to play at my wedding." And I said, "Well, Dad, that's all good." And, but there's just one problem with your plan. You need someone to marry. Well, I have one. She just doesn't know it yet. Is that the <laughs> woman to keep? I said, is that the woman that keeps putting restraining orders against you? Uh-huh. No, they're not restraining orders. They're promissory notes. I said, yeah, you promise to stay 500 feet away at all times. If you break that promise, she promises to call the cops, which they promise to arrest you and put you in jail. 
mm-hmm. where you promise to appear before the judge the next morning and he promises to get you a psychiatric evaluation. Well, whenever something like that happened, my, my father's typical response was to go buy a black hooker. And and Monica, these women were like a step above crack whore. Oh. Just just some of the nastiest. Mm-hmm. But what he never realized is my brother and I would do this stuff just so he could have sex. Because he would come pick me up on a Friday night when I was in high school. My brother would come in the house and he'd be like, man, we got to do something. Dad's, man, dad needs to get laid. I'm like, say no more. I got under control. <laughs> my my dad would have a fit if you ever hit my, my brother. So I just... Just walk up to him, smack him in the back of the head. Ah, off he'd go. But my, my father and I, we, we've had a very contentious relationship with each other. Um, you know, we, we've argued with each other. We've we, we've I mean, I finally told him years later that I was the reason why he lost the adoption case. So ever since then, I've been, a, in his words, an ungrateful son of a bitch who has turned my back on my family. Aww. Well, no, I and I said, yeah. well, that's funny. I'm still invited around family functions. You're not. Yeah, so. Well, the, the last blow up I had with him was... Um, Two years ago when my little cousin Mason died. Um, Freak ATV accident. Um, You know, I was at Walmart. I I think I was, was, I think I texted you that day when I told Jim, but Alex and I had gone up for the, for the funeral. Well, he got a hold of me earlier that week and he's, because he wanted to get, he started contacting me again because he's like, well, I want to be back in your life. And I'm like, ain't happening. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I said, I said, Jeremy and I have given you plenty of chances and you have fucked it up each time. Yeah. So he got a hold of me and he's like, well, did you know Mason died? And I'm like, yeah, I know Mason died. I'm going, I'm going to the funeral. So he, this is a level of narcissism that my father has. My father actually had the nerve to say his grief at not being allowed to go to the funeral was greater than my cousin's grief over the loss of his son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, because that sounds about right. Hmm? Right. You know, it's all about my father. Well, I block. I, I basically said, "Listen, I'm tired of dealing with you." Yeah, you know, you. I blocked them. Peace and quiet for about two years, and then today, my birthday, my father sends me a friend request, and I. Sure. Well, I once again I was checking messages on the toilet. <laughs> We've had this discussion. Right, but I I was checking messages and 
right before that, I, I had a cute, I had a cute little message that said "Happy 50th birthday" with the Grim Reaper attached to it. I liked it. It, it was nice. At least one person sent me a Grim Reaper on my birthday. Well, you know, you have to. Well, yeah, you reach a certain age and, you know, mm-hmm. you reach a certain age and the Grim Reaper is just like right there at your birthday party, you know. Yeah. Like that joke that, you know, when I die, I want someone to stand in the corner of the Grim Reaper and just point at people. Mm-hmm. So I. Like the I box one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that one, too. Right when you hit Pop Goes the Weasel, everyone's yeah. just sitting there waiting. <laughs> or what's the other one? You know, um, the wedding one, you know, when you toss the bouquet, they, you know, whoever gets the bouquet, they're supposed to be the next one getting wet, married. I want you to take the flowers off my casket and toss them in the crowd to see who's uh-huh. the next one. So well, didn't do it for like my wedding because I was like everybody's like there was no single people there anyway. So I was like, yeah, not doing it. But, but yeah, I think maybe I I'll do it for the funeral instead. <laughs> oh, I didn't have a uh, a traditional type of um, wedding. I got married at the courthouse. So I said, I I. I sent him a message. I I said, uh, why did you send me a friend request? Wanted to post your birthday wish. Why now? You've been absent from my life for almost half of it. Now, if you're a parent, you're supposed to know your kid's birthday, right? Yes, but somebody else also had to ask what um, grade James was in, so. Um, I said, like I said, you've been out of my life for almost half of it. Why attempt now? Okay, if it's a problem, then forget about it. And and this is what I wrote. I said, I'm trying to understand why now and not any time before. You have always had a habit of popping in and out of my life when it suited you. So I... Oh, Tim just sent me a a birthday wish. Oh. So I decided to wait and and share this with you and everyone here as kind of like my closing to the episode of my dad mm-hmm. I waited until I came home because I was letting my daughter know the whole time what was going on my kids believed it was a trap I, I raised my kids well. to, to kidnap so right you kidnap me you gotta give me a free book card or something you know I got a free $20 Barnes Noble gift card 20 $20 yeah, no, that doesn't. Uh, like- raise it up a bit there, Kimasabi. Yeah, like thirty. At least cover like one. Like at least cover a good book. Yeah. My therapist said I needed to do this, so I am. I have some things that I've wanted to say for a long time. All I ask is you listen and not reply. In my life, I was lucky enough to have two fathers, but somehow I let each one down. I didn't choose to live with you, and for that. I have been nothing but a reminder of someone to scorn and make fun of. I know you will say you never have, but you have. Even earning a double major was cause for you to make fun of me to somehow better yourself. As I said before, you have always popped in and out of my life when it suited you. It usually starts with you asking for forgiveness. Then eventually, you do or say something that causes me to kick you out and not talk to you. 
In typical fashion, as you walk out of my life yet again, you find a way to make yourself the victim. That's a standard play from you. I remember being a young child waiting for you to come for your visits, only for you to be too high to show up. Even then, I wasn't much of a thought to you. You never offered an apology, just excuses, and the victim card, even years later. I played second fiddle to all four of my siblings. I spent many years being angry for the life I had to live in your shadow. It wasn't easy. To Lorne, my stepfather, I was constantly reminded that I was your child and had to be put in my place. To you, I was something to use against my mother and your mother in some weird game of you wanting attention. After Lorne died, the shadow was gone and for the first time, I began to live. I can't do this any longer. I can't let you in my life knowing you are going to waste the opportunity to actually know me. All I asked for in life was for one of my fathers to give me just a little praise. I couldn't get that. All I ask is for one day, do you actually apologize for everything and take responsibility for your actions? I know that will never happen. Or even hear you say something good about me. I know that won't happen. So I will close this and hope that you will actually listen to what I had to say and think on it. And he didn't respond like if. Yeah. No, because I blocked him right after I. Oh, okay. So it was even. Nope. I blocked him. Yeah. Because I said my piece. Mm-hmm. I shared it with Dana. And, and this was my daughter's response because she's like, that's really good. It sums up everything very well. Oh, you know, my my kid isn't wrong. Mm -hmm. But as of right now, you know, as as I enter my 50th year, my half century mark, you know, I I feel good about a lot of things. I, I feel good that I've got a great group of friends that I can still talk to and I mean, granted, we can't, we don't hang out as much as we used to, but we still talk. I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, I have two great kids. I must have done something right. <laughs> you know, I, as I, as I told Dana, and even as I told Alex last Saturday, I did more living in my 40s than the 30 years leading up to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in my forties, I, I, I met someone who got me out of the dishroom and got me into back to school. So right now I'm sitting, looking at finishing my master's this June. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm too. it feels like it, you know, it, it feels like I just started working on my associates. Well, it's like with, I can't believe, I was thinking like this year it's going to be 17 years that I am, um, since I got the master's. Normally. Wow. Okay, where did that go? <laughs> right. You know, I'm, okay, I'm, I'm grateful for my mom. Yeah. 
you know, the, the one parent who is, who's actually proud of me doing something with my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm not a, a successful podcaster, but I, I still put on a good show. You know, it, it took me a little bit to find the right partner for this one. And some still looking. <laughs> You're right. Monica's the temporary co-host of the show. Placeholder. <laughs> no, you, you know, you, you make the show better. You make me and the show better. Oh, thank you. Because... I, if I if if I was doing this alone, I'd still be making dick jokes. Yeah, and there's only so many. Well, there's only so much. You, there's only so many times you can pull a dick joke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, working with you, I I actually want to put out a better show. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to rely on Wikipedia for my research all the time. Yeah. That's just, you know. You actually make me want to read the books and actually put out a good show. Once I've never like listened to it, that well, I guess like you know, summer sixteen and like fall of sixteen. When that's what I'm saying, like so, it helped keep me sane during that whole period of you know when things are well. I wouldn't say really good, but it was like basically, yeah, things are like really, really over and I couldn't listen to any music because they could have a love song come on and I did not want to listen to a love song otherwise I'd like like puke and right. myself out oh I get it of course there's only like a second floor so you know maybe like a you know sprained ankle or something but I'm gonna chop out the window yeah uh-huh you know I mean I I want to get back into doing my history shows I'm slowly doing it you know, I, I've I've had to take the world in my way. I I couldn't follow what everyone else did. I, I had to take it my way. Uh-huh. And I did it my way. Oh god, thank you. That was just the one line. <laughs> um yeah, I don't know the rest of the song. Oh goody. I was I was Is there any other part of it. Out of the Rat Pack, I was never a Frank fan. Uh-huh. I think I was more of a Dean Martin fan. Dean and Sammy. Well, I've seen them. Well, the, the thing is, is with like he's in the locked area. I mean, with me, I started liking Dean Martin because I was a fan of the Dean and Jerry comedies. Uh-huh. But you know, this year I'm I'm hope. I, I don't, really don't do resolutions, but I my goals for the year is, well, June, I'm getting my master's. Um, I, I want to tell, I would like to have that special someone that I've been wanting for most of my life. You know, I'm... I would like to, to find her and tell her how I feel and that I just, I want her. I've, I have two really great kids. I'm, I'm going to start, um, 
I'm teaching myself to uh, do stop motion animation this year. Oh, Guillermo del Toro. No, yeah. <laughs> no, no. Um, I mean, well, while Marcel the Shell, that one. <laughs> I'll be lucky if I can be ranking. That's all I know. So I will be lucky if I could do Rankin Bass. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> be like, yeah, it's all over. But yeah, actually, I did the Pinocchio. That was really good. I haven't seen it. Um, but see, I grew up with uh, the Rankin Bass Christmas uh-huh. specials. You know, yeah, well, yeah. Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, Year Without a Santa Claus. Ooh. Um, Ray Harryhausen special effects in in the movies. Uh-huh. I'm. I have the pro. I bought a program off of Amazon. I'm going to teach myself um, stop motion. Um, I've been picking up these. Um, there's a company called NECA. Mm-hmm. I think it's called uh, something Entertainment Collectible Association, National Entertainment Collectible Association, or something. And they've been putting out these um, Ultimate Universal Monster figures. Okay. And since I since I'm an old school monster fan, mm-hmm. I have sitting over here on one of my cases. I've got the Mummy Frankenstein, the Wolfman. I just picked up the Invisible Man, and I actually have the Mummy sarcophagus. Yeah, cool. Now you know it'd be cool if I could find a Brendan Fraser Mummy figure. Fraser, sure. yeah, Fraser. <laughs> if I could find if I could find Rick O'Connell, mm-hmm. I'll be happy. You say that. <laughs> Well, what I would like to, because if I get Rick, I've got to get um, Alexander, his brother-in-law, because you got to put those two together because they're funny together. Mm-hmm. But then if I'm going to go that, I want to get Benny. O'Connell, <laughs> I got all the horses. Benny, you're on the wrong side of the river. <laughs> I, I love the mummy movies. I just love Brendan. So. I, I know, but I I would I, I'm I'm saying this right now. I would actually like to sit with you and watch the mummy movies one night. Well, I was like, hell, well, you know, my ex way back in the day, I made him like go see George of the Jungle. Oh, that was funny. Uh-huh. I saw that one. That, that one was funny. Too. I mean, but like the really weird thing was the um. The name, the one, the song at the end of the movie, because we had to, um, like on the honeymoon, we went to go see um, David Copperfield. Oh, okay. Because you know he was like, you know, big fan. Oh, the best and, trick Copperfield ever did was Claudia Schiffer. Uh huh. But anyway, they at the end of the show, they play that song. Nice. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, you know, the whole. George, George, George of the jungle, strong as he can be. I would actually find a Tarzan figure and do a George of the jungle spoof with it. But no, I mean, I, you know, I just basically kind of just said today, I'm, I can't do this anymore with my father. I'm done. I walked away. Now, when I go see my therapist again, I'll tell her about it because she's going to want to hear this. Oh, yeah. 
All right, folks, we're going to wrap up this one. Um, I thank everybody who's stuck with my show through three different co-hosts and a complete format rechange. I thank each and every single one of you out there. You guys found this quirky little podcast when I was two guys sitting here reading Wikipedia and telling dick jokes to each other. And to this day, I still have not heard from Phil. I guess he didn't like block me, so I'm not sure, you know, but there was like nothing really that. No, I, I, I looked, I looked a while ago and it's just, just nothing. Yeah. Um, my, my one regret, and, and I'm going to say this now, um, my one regret about my 50th birthday is that there was three people, um, two of them were cousins. One, y'all know the Reverend Jeff. It, it was, it's been, it's been weighing on me all week. And it's just the fact that though, that Jeff and my cousin Jim and my cousin Terry didn't live long enough to see their 50th birthdays or get to share with mine. So mm-hmm. it's, it, it's, it's something that I, that weighs on me and something that I think about. And, you know, the world's a cruel place and, you know, it, it was always my intention with any show that I do just to kind of brighten somebody's day out there, you know, uh, you know, and, I, and I, as I said, I'm glad you guys have found the show. I'm glad you stuck with it, especially with me and Monica now helming the show and looking at different crimes just besides my father and killers and cults and everything. You know, we, we want to, I want to talk about bank robbers. Um, because I find bank robbers fascinating. What makes a guy decide that I'm going to rob a place that's got cameras? I think that one bank that you visited in California, the one where that shootout happened. Oh, the North, yeah, the Bank of America. Yeah, I I want to look on information on that one. I, I'm. Uh, yeah, that's why I said that's a weird thing because that happened when I was in the junior in high school, and I honestly, really, I mean, don't have <laughs> any memory like I knew it had made the national news. I mean, I don't think right? They, they said they stopped. I'd look more into that part that they stopped right. the afternoon like television shows. But I don't know if that part not that I've been I've been out of school my for almost, but um honestly I don't remember it. But I remember my mom was so nice with having to going to pay the credit card at that Bank of America. Even though fortunately we were pretty close to it too. But I was like, No, we have to <laughs> we have to go to that one. All right. Like, Mother, you do not understand. I have to go to this one. Yeah, I think we were like five minutes from it or something from where we stayed. It was like, well, I know. Like, um, oh my God. I, I, I didn't say this last year, but I'm, I'm saying this now. But I told you, I actually have a copy of If I Did It. I do too. Right. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm letting everyone else know. I do have a copy of the OJ book. We will do OJ sometime in the near future. Um, I gotta check. I know mine's the. Uh, I know mine's the gold. Yeah. Uh huh. The the gold. I'm I'm trying to remember the name. Gold. gold. The Goldman Justice Edition. Yeah. 
I want to say it's well, hardcover. Yeah, because he got the rights for it. Right. Oh, Ron was ooh, Ron was good on that one. Oh, he was on um I don't know if it's still on YouTube, but he was actually on the show Studs. Yeah. I used to watch I, Studs. I watched, yeah, I, I I liked it too. Of course I was, you know. Right. Middle school. I even but, have the uh even uh recently picked up the Vincent Bugliosi book about the OJ trial. So OJ is 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 sometime this year. Um I'm I'm looking into to Lyle and Eric. I've been I've seen their graves and I've been past their house quite a few times. And the last time we did drive by too with you know um Bo. Um Monica and I are talking about uh you know covering Jean Benet. It'll be twenty five years since I saw her house too in April. Um so that's what that's what I do on my vacations. I drive past murder houses and murder victims. Me, I go on research trips to, for papers and go visit Monica. Yeah, so but you know, like I said, I, I think everybody who has has stuck with us, uh I guarantee you we've got some great shows planned for the upcoming months and weeks. You know, and you know. Y'all may, you know, that, that scene in the Grinch where they go, his heart grew three sizes that day. Uh-huh. Well, in my in my case, folks, you know, the, the interaction I get with you guys on Facebook. I don't want to look into that, though, if it grows three sizes. You're right. Considering there's a history of heart problems in my family. Yeah, you know, that might not be such a good thing. No, no, my I I want to say my uncle Pat, my uncle Pat had an enlarged heart, uh-huh. but he ended up dying of throat cancer. So go figure. Oh well, there we go. But he had stopped smoking years ago, so we don't know why it just Sometimes kicked in. Just you know, yeah. But you know, I I honestly and deeply I thank everybody. You know where to find us. Spotify's Spotify's our main one until I can get us on Apple. I might have to might Don't have to hold go. your breath, folks. You're right. Don't hold your breath. I might have to go strong arm a few people at Apple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Either that or I'm gonna have to dig up uh Steve Jobs' body and um get the corpse to do it, right? Well, I'll hold the corpse hostage so they can uh, yeah, right. Two factor authorization. Get rid of it. Yeah. Um, Spotify, rate and review us, please, folks, because I want to know how we're doing. Hey, it's not for my ego. Definitely not my ego. Uh, you know the Facebook page. Find us there. Next week, we'll get back into Leopold and Loeb. Yay. Well, next week is going to be fun because we get to the kidnapping. Oh, yeah, I should have, well, my phone actually died so i can't check now but yeah, bobby franks is um buried and all that too yeah um i might have to give you i might have to nail your bell or something to go take some pictures of them right there you know i gotta take a look at the book because they they say where well the funny thing is is um we'll we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to that part of the show yeah uh-huh. so did I sign off for Killers, Cults, and Nutjobs? I'm Scotty J. Say goodnight, Monica. Good night, Monica.